coming up. This idea that it's somehow risky, I think, for a studio to hire someone with, you know, just indie experience or just one feature under their belt. It's like, I would actually argue it's not at all risky because that person that made that first feature can definitely handle production. Demystified is a production of Studio Fest. If you're ready to make a micro-budget feature, submit your film or screenplay now at filmfreeway.com slash studiofest. This episode of Demystified is brought to you by ArmorLock. This series exists in both video and podcast form, and is designed to be experienced either way. You can find the video version at moviemaker.com, or the audio version wherever you get your podcasts. From StudioFest and Movie Maker Magazine, this is Demystified, a series about an innovative new way to make movies, and what it really takes to make an indie feature film. My name is Jake Bowen, and this series is about shedding light on the parts of getting an indie film made that are never seen and rarely talked about, through the lens of StudioFest, a one-of-a-kind annual film festival that awards up-and-coming writers and directors the chance to make a feature film. The first director to come out of StudioFest was Anna Mikami, who happens to be a big fan of, and has a very similar background to, director Kathy Yan. So when we got the opportunity to talk to Kathy to promote the release of her film Dead Pigs, we thought... Who better to conduct the interview than Anna? Kathy Yan is perhaps best known for directing the DC Hollywood blockbuster Birds of Prey. But her debut feature was an indie ensemble film set in China called Dead Pigs. Dead Pigs is available for the first time exclusively on Mubi, a curated streaming platform for classic and art house cinema, and we definitely recommend you check out the film. Now, here's Anna Mikami's interview of the writer and director of Dead Pigs, Kathy Yan. Hello. Hi. Hi, Kathy. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Congratulations on Dead Pigs' release on Mubi. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you remember me, but I was on Birds of Prey, actually. Yeah. Strung up upside down, my, <laughs> my face falling off. Baby. Oh, don't cry. It looks familiar, but I... I but like, you might not know what I look like this side <laughs> up. Yeah. Great. I'm so... Um, that's lovely that we get to reconnect, and I hope you enjoyed seeing yourself upside down. I really <laughs> did. My whole family in Hong Kong was like, oh my God, that's her! <laughs> um, in your real camps, all of you, that was not an easy scene to do by any means. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was It was fun. But I was... Um, I, I was telling Charles and everyone at Studio Fest that I've been tracking your career since Dead Pigs. And not only that, but, but also because I went to HKS. Oh, and yeah. yeah. By the way, HKIS stands for Hong Kong International School. And I also went to Tisch after HKIS. So that was pretty cool because I feel like most of the people that we gra- graduated with went to business school. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and you're a journalist right now too. Right? Yeah. So I guess I'm curious because my experience at NYU, um, I felt like when I took screenwriting classes, I was encouraged to do a very Western model of screenwriting, you know, like three act structure, like save the cat, hero's journey. But when I was watching your movie Dead Pigs, I was struck by how different it was. It didn't feel like it was following any sort of model. So how did you approach your screenwriting process? Great question. Um, I think it was pretty instinctual in a way. Um, I I was just really intrigued by trying to better understand the story behind the headline, right? There's this crazy headline, 16,000 dead pigs were found in the river. But yeah. how did that happen? Um, why did that happen? And what does it feel like to be like a p- farmer who has to basically give up your entire livelihood and what are the, you know, why are you so desperate as to even dump it in the river? And so those yeah. are some questions that I, I started with. And for me, I was all, I've always loved um, ensemble films, especially mm. I think when you're trying to toy with bigger themes and ideas, I think being able to sort of cover a lot of different characters um, seemed right to me instinctually for, um, for this script. And so I don't know, I guess I just, I started, I have, I tend to just the way I work, I tend to sort of visualize certain moments and I might not even quite understand how my brain works or how I lead to that, but I try to write that down first. And so um, I think it's really important to understand the sort of these classic models of storytelling, if only Mm -hmm. to break the rules, um, right? It's like learning classical before you can do jazz. And and so, I think that was part of it too, was was just trying to tell each individual story and then kind of figure out a way um, to weave it all Like connect. Yeah. Yeah. So would you start with like, as you were saying, it seemed like you would start with like the visual moment. Like you'd be like, oh, like I want to see this. And then I also want to see this and then like try and figure out a way to put them together, I guess. I know. Yeah. 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 It's always character too. So it's like trying to figure the character is I do a lot of you know character work I sort of do this weird thing where I ascribe uh, like Myers-Briggs personality <laughs> test. oh my god I love I love but a lot of it yeah is motivated by that and I think that's important because if you start to just get too what's the right word architectural with it um mm-hmm. you know, I, I think for me I've never been good at just beating everything out and then sticking to that that version of the right. script allowing yourself to be a little more free and unburdened by that is is also deeply important in general did you find like there were things that you came out of film school with that were more helpful or less helpful to your filmmaking process definitely I mean I don't know how you felt about NYU but I think for me what was really great about NYU was it it, it's focused on character and not over explaining and and that I think that discipline of um of that sort of general, I guess, indie filmmaking aesthetic and um, yeah. approach was deeply useful for me. So, yeah, I would say, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also directing in China. I know that, you know, we're kind of, if I can say like third culture kids, I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of, you know, like, you know, you're bilingual, I'm sure, but also maybe English is more of your native language now. How was it directing in China? Like, were in terms of language, or were people's expectations of what set would be like different over there? Definitely, all of those things, and we made yeah. a conscious effort to try to make this movie, even though it's 
I think it's a weird one because we were trying to do something that hadn't really been done before, which is that it was um, like an American indie with Chinese elements transported into China. So it wasn't like a classic co-production, um, but it also was absolutely not just like your typical, you know, art house film in China. Yeah. Here. And so I had um, friends of mine from NYU, like Fede Cheska, who, mm-hmm. who should be from NYU come over to China for the first time. Um, and so we had to make sure that at every level there were bilingual people and people that kind of understood, I think what we were trying to do with the film. And that was actually, um, great because it kind of you know I, it was very easy to sort of suss out the people who um, um, had the right vibe or um, understanding or perspective um, to help collaborate and make the movie and then it was definitely difficult to to fully use Chinese to express myself sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. uh, myself frustrated and thankfully I had very bilingual producers that would sometimes be like my translator (laughs) yeah Um, but I actually found it sometimes to be useful and effective in actually directing the actors because my Chinese is fluent but sometimes I would just you know it would be like a dumbed down version of what I was. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Like a third reader. And I found that sometimes very useful. And some of my, and we would talk about that with the actors because they'll be like, you know, <laughs> that succinct, like weird way that you just gave me direction actually yeah. works. Um, it, and I don't really love to like over talk direction anyway, but it was nice to just be like, all right, what would a second grader say? <laughs> More after the break. super interested because I feel like at least in New York or NYU all the actors kind of have like uh, like a shared vocabulary because we're very we have access to things like Strasbourg or like Stanislavski or it could be like what's your action you know I feel like you're trying to do this or there's kind of like a language around it whereas I don't know like in China did you find yourself directing differently outside of just you know obviously the language but did you feel like things the actors were, were like responding to certain things more than like people here do, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, it's interesting. I am still very like New York school of acting, I think. Yeah. yeah. My training as well. Um, and so I love that sort of stuff. And I think I didn't get to play around as much on birds because it was a very different, um, you know, situation. But yeah. basically all I said was like, just react. And I think in in an interesting way um, that, that kind of pushed everyone out of their comfort zone. Um, Both the sort of Chinese actors who are like, I don't know what this is. Like, fine. Um, But then on the flip side, I think it was nice to not talk so much (laughs) about what's happening and just, you know, um, react in the moment. And that's typically my method actually is very much to just, um, play around when we're shooting and maybe I'll give direction to the off-camera person in order to get a different reaction on camera. Oh, sneaky. Yeah, that was a a sort of method, I guess, that 
really worked on dead pigs um, and kind of kept it alive and funny. And I think we found a lot of really interesting moments that way and, and a little bit on birds too, but we just schedule a little bit more. <laughs> Going to birds. I'm super curious. Like what was it like? Cause you made dead pigs, which very much felt like your baby, like you wrote it and you directed it to like this, like high budget studio movie with probably a lot more hands and voices. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think if you direct an indie, you can direct a studio movie? Like, is it, how is it different? Yeah, it is very different. Um, but I, in, in all the ways that you just said, which is there are just so many more stakeholders. But I yeah. actually found the directing of birds to not be so different because mm. you're just kind of in the zone and you, you're, you're speaking to the same department heads. Um, you try to do the same things with your actors that you would normally do. And you kind of, well, you want to kind of stick to the thing that you, you know and that, you know, that has proven somewhat successful in the past, right? Yeah. So this idea that like it's somehow risky, I think, for a studio to hire someone with, you know, just in the experience or just a, um, one feature under their belt. It's like I would actually argue it's not at all risky because that person that made that first feature, especially one that is risky or tough to do, um, well, that person can definitely handle, you know, production. Yeah. I think the, the, the moments or the area that it starts to really um differentiate itself is in post and the distribution of it where with indies you know with on dead pigs i was editing the movie in my living every step of the way (laughs) exactly and just hoping that it will get into a film festival um and obviously it's taken quite some time to actually get it out in the world and then with birds obviously it was a very different you know set of circumstances for that so i the directing part and the production part of um movie making to be very very um malleable and and similar i have one last question for you and i have to let you go um after birds of prey and after dead pigs i'm so sure you have so many amazing opportunities coming to you being like kathy direct this but i hear your next project is sour hearts which is on my shelf right now and i love so what drew you to this project it feels like a return to the indie for sure, for sure. Um, you know, I love to just bounce around and, and sort of palate cleanse after <laughs> everything that I do. And for me, it was, it, it, frankly, it's just very autobiographical. I had a very similar upbringing um, mm. to Jenny, and I thought she just captured that, that type of childhood super well. And I'm sure that you can relate to it as well, just constantly feeling a little bit of an outsider and not knowing where home is, not knowing where culture is. And it allowed me to really, really personally explore my past and um, how I got to America. And I think we're all trying to figure out right now what it means to be American Mm -hmm. and examine the the immigrant story. So I think it feels very deeply relevant and personal to me. So that was what drew me to the project and, and the book. Wow, I'm super excited for it. So thank you so much for your time. I wish I got to talk to you more, but it was awesome. It's so cool to see someone that is, like I see myself in your work and what you do and what I aspire to do. So this has been really awesome. It's great to reconnect. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to see you not upside down. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Demystified is a production of Studio Fest. If you're ready to make a micro-budget feature, submit your film or screenplay now at filmfreeway.com/studiofest.
Demystified is a Studio Fest production presented by Movie Maker. This episode was narrated and edited by me, Jake Bowen. It was conceived and recorded by Jess Jacklin, Charles Beale, and Jake Bowen. The theme song was composed by Patrick Patrikios. Other tracks used under Creative Commons licenses. To hear future episodes of Demystified, go to moviemaker.com or visit studiofest.com, where you can also learn more about Studio Fest and subscribe to the show.